Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Frequently on the podcast series, I will refer to what I consider to be three of the most frightening letters any of us ever hear, and that is IRS. We've had plenty of discussions involving taxes and the Internal Revenue Service, and none of them have have helped subside my fears of seeing an envelope uh, arrive from the IRS. Well, today we're going to discuss two of what I think are the most frightening words you can hear, uh, jury duty. Um, that's the term that so many people run from, and we're going to find out a little bit more about it today. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and we're back for another episode of what is not really meant to be such a frightening podcast all the times, but some days it just turns out that way. Um, today, however, it's uh, our good fortune that I'll be joined by someone who always brings a, a great perspective to things as I welcome back to our series, Attorney Heather Walzer. Heather joins us from Lavelle Law Limited, and an enlightening discussion is all but guaranteed when she joins me. So, uh, Heather, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time. Well, thanks again for having me, Jim. As as uh, as I've always say, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I, you know, I I, I kind of look forward to this discussion because uh, I, there's so many opinions I have about jury duty and people who serve and people who don't. But um, before we even begin to broach the topic, let's just start at, at the very top, which is regardless of how you feel about it. Being on a jury is really an inherent responsibility in this country, isn't it? It is, and, you know, it's kind of people sort of brush it off, and it's come to almost sound like a cliché, but really the the proper functioning of our entire justice system really depends on qualified, competent, capable jurors showing up and doing their job. Um, so it's it's part of, you know, on the one hand, in living in our society, we get certain privileges and rights and benefits, but the flip side of that is there are certain responsibilities and duties that you have to uphold, and this is one. And I, and I think that's a fair statement, but boy, just personally, it just seems to me like there's some of us who who seem to uh, get called a little more frequently than all the others, but there's there's really no magic to uh, how the names get uh, picked and how how often you get called, is there? No, I mean, it's really just a, a list, and there's not any rhyme or reason to it that's discernible to us in any event. Uh, really, it's – and I know that anecdotally that does seem to be true. There just seem to be people whose number keeps getting called, but um, <laughs> it really is a, a, a random process. And, and when it does happen, when you are called um, to serve, uh, obviously we've, we've described that as a responsibility, but – as individuals, there are certain rights that we also have that uh, protect uh, protect us at the times when we do get served. Can you tell us a little bit about what those rights are in general? Yeah, absolutely. You're you're exactly right about that. As you know, on the one hand, this is an important responsibility, and people should treat it as such. And certainly, there are um, legal penalties if you do not report when you are called, or if you don't treat it with the appropriate uh, level of importance. Um, however. It, 
in serving in that capacity and in doing your, your job as a potential juror, you are protected under the Illinois law um, from certain you know, negative consequences. The first um, is that by law, your employer is required to give you time off from work to serve on the jury. Um, you can't be uh, threatened to be fired, and they actually cannot fire you. Your employer cannot fire you as a result of jury duty. So your job will be safe, uh, and you have to be given time off. So you cannot be forced to use vacation or sick leave or any of those types of things. Um, and then finally, as under Illinois law, you are entitled to be compensated for your service. Now, it's in fairness, it's not uh, certainly not going to replace any lost wages from not being at work. Um, in Cook County right now, the going rate for a day of jury service is $17.20. So it might cover the cost of your travel to the courthouse, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you raise a good point there, that while an employer is required to give you the time to do your your uh, uh, jury duty service, they aren't necessarily obligated to pay you. So they, um, you you may take that time off of work, but you won't be compensated by them other than what you receive from the from the county for the seventeen dollars or so. Yeah, that's correct. Now, obviously, if you are called for jury duty, you want to check with your company's HR department and just see what your firm policy is. In some cases, some businesses do compensate their employees and, and pay them for time that they're away for jury duty. It really is just a case-by-case, depending on your particular employer. So in any event, um, the the takeaway from that is if you are called and have to serve for jury duty, it's important to notify your employer promptly and find out what policies your employer has in place for dealing with the jury duty service. And, and we'll talk today a little bit about, um, I guess I'll call them some exceptions, some ways that, for lack of a better term, you might be able to get out of jury duty or more likely be excused. Um, but one of them wouldn't be just not showing up. I think I heard you say earlier that there would be penalties or ramifications if you ignore a jury duty summons. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, correct. The penalties under law range anywhere from being held in contempt of court to monetary fines, um, and it's really, again, just sort of a case-by-case type of a situation. Um, it's not really specifically delineated, but there are a whole range of consequences, and the bottom line is it's just not wise to roll the dice on potentially being slapped with any of those kind of consequences. Yeah, exactly. We're uh, we're talking about jury duty on Chicago's Legal Latte today, and our source of information is a familiar voice. Attorney Heather Walzer of Lavelle Law Limited is here, and in addition to helping me out on these podcasts from time to time, uh, Heather also authors some very helpful articles. Uh, you can find all of them at lavellelaw.com, uh, including a recent piece on irrevocable trusts, which uh, was just posted there recently. She's also a regular blogger on Patch.com, and I and others follow her on Twitter at HG Walzer. Um, so a lot of ways to stay in touch and follow along with uh, a lot of great information. Now, Heather, I assume that, um, as I mentioned earlier, that there are some legitimate reasons that you can be excused from jury duty. Um, tell me first about the, the hardship exemption. Yeah, sure. Um, there is a, a, a specified exception um, under which people can potentially be excused from jury service, um, which is called undue hardship, as you said. And what the law provides is that a potential juror can be excused from service under the law 
if that potential juror can show that the service would impose an undue hardship. And the causes of that, that undue hardship can be varied. Um, one could be your occupation, um, maybe you're self-employed, or um, you know you're you're at a point in some important project at work that would really just not be able to happen without your presence. Um, your physical health, maybe a family situation. If you have a, a family member that you're caring for who's ill. Um, in some cases, I've heard of people being excused because they've had a long-standing vacation planned that's not refundable. Um, active military service is, is obviously a pretty pretty easy to satisfy exception. So those are just kind of examples. Um, the law is not it doesn't provide an exhaustive list, and it certainly doesn't give a set of criteria of, well, if you can show X, Y, and Z, we will automatically excuse you. It's really more of a case-by-case -case type of situation where you need to present your issue, write a letter saying, here's the problem, um, and if you can demonstrate sufficient undue hardship due to one of the many situations that I just listed, um, you can be excused from service. Now, what's very important to note about that is that your excuse from service is not indefinite. Rather, you would just be excused for the pending summons that you just received um, if you meet the undue hardship exception criteria, and then your name would be returned to the list, and eventually you would be selected again at a later time. So really, undue hardship is a it's kind of a, it just depends on your circumstances type of a situation. Um, obviously, it's not something that you would want to abuse, and it really is intended just for legitimate situations where it would be unduly burdensome and difficult for someone to report for jury duty. And as you mentioned there, the process for that then requires writing a letter, and I, I assume that would go to the uh, clerk of the court to explain your position, and then they'll respond, uh, you know, either saying yes or no, we still need you to come in on that date. Correct. And and typically, at least for in Cook County and most other jurisdictions, when you receive the summons, on the back there is a list of um, contact information, and it generally tends to say if you have some you know problem and need to be excused for one of these following reasons, here's who you write to. It'll give you contact information for who you should contact. Now, with that said, it's important to write the letter or get in touch with someone ASAP um, because it's generally a pretty slow bureaucratic process and you want to just, you don't want to wait till the day before, mm -hmm. I guess is, is the point. Yeah, I think people will respond quickly when they, when they get the notice. Um, mm -hmm. Now, what about... Um, uh, people who are, are caregivers, who have a family member that they're responsible for? Yeah. So under Illinois law, um, a prospective juror can be excused from jury service, and, I, and it's important that I say can be or may be. It's not a mandatory or, or immediate uh, excuse, but in any event, the, the potential juror may be excused from service if the potential juror is the primary caregiver of a few different categories of people. Um, the first is a person with a mental or physical disability. So regardless of their age, if you are the ca primary caregiver for someone who is disabled, you can request an excuse from, from jury duty. Um, second category of person that for whom you could be a caregiver is a person with a medically diagnosed behavior problem. So that's more of a, a psychological um, condition. And then third is if you are the primary caregiver of a child or children under age 12. So again, this exception is not an automatic exception. Um, the caregiver has to have 
basically no, what they say is no reasonable alternative care that would not impose an undue hardship on the prospective juror or on the person for whom the, the prospective juror provides care. So it's really, it's almost like another category of the undue hardship exception, but it's intended to contemplate that there are people out there who provide care to children or disabled people or people with other health conditions for whom care would not otherwise be available if the potential juror was not was not there. And so a, a stay-at-home mom with a couple of kids isn't necessarily going to fall in that category. Potentially they could, but as you said, there if there's alternatives that are reasonable, that would be considered. But I was interested to learn that mothers, young mothers who are nursing, um, can be removed from the list for a temporary period. Correct. And that actually is a mandatory excuse, in fact, um, to, to take advantage or to um, to have that exception apply, a nursing mother only needs to contact the the court that issued the summons and say that they are nursing a child and they are unable to attend for that reason. So um, that one I, I note with, with particular interest as well because it was really um, considered and fought and there was kind of a movement a few years ago across the states that more and more states began passing legislation um, just like that. Uh, and Illinois was I'd say we were about middle of the pack to to get that legislation passed. So in any event, for a mother who is nursing, um, she can she will be excused from jury uh, service upon request. She doesn't have one, to be. If she chooses yeah, to go, she certainly can. But and there are people who do you know who do serve and, and who like to serve, and that's that's a mm-hmm. good point as well. A um, couple of seconds left here. I think there was one other case in which someone might be excused and. Uh, I think the law refers to people with certain types of disabilities. Um, Potentially they could serve, but they may also be excused. Correct, correct. So basically for that exception to apply, you have to get a letter from your physician specifically stating that the prospective juror has a disability that prevents him or her from serving on a jury. Um, And that would be in the case of a total and permanent disability. That's what this exception applies to. For someone who is just disabled for a short period, maybe due to an injury or an illness, um, the undue hardship exception we discussed in the first go-round would be the one that would apply. But in this case, um, it's essentially a permanent excuse for someone who has a total and permanent disability that's been certified by a doctor to prevent them from ever having the capacity to serve as a juror in the future. And with that, uh, with that letter from a licensed physician, that actually can get that potential juror removed permanently from the, the role of potential jurors. One of the few instances in which that would occur, as we've learned today, and I want to thank uh, Heather Walzer of Lavelle Law for joining me to share this information. I always appreciate her insight. And, again, follow her on Twitter at H.G. Walzer, and uh, you can find any of her past discussions on Blog Talk Radio or at LavelleLaw.com, where all of our archives are kept so you can listen to past conversations. And I look forward to visiting with all of you again next week as we bring another colleague of hers in and continue our discussions of interesting legal topics. Thanks very much for joining us.